This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Scare of Control, this is TK226. Come in, Scare of Control. What is up, Scuttlebutt Nation? This is Ro from the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Good evening, good day, good afternoon, whatever day part you are listening to us. Uh, thank you for joining us, and thank you for finding us if it's your first time checking out the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Like I said, my name is Ro, and we have a really special uh, topic today. It's something that, um, again, you know, we, we like to dive deep into the 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 uh, the mental aspects of why we are nerds and sometimes we get deep sometimes we uh, gloss over things but uh, this is another deep one um, and I have uh, as my guest tonight um, uh, our, one of our friends from the Red Five Network from a certain point of view Josh Josh how you doing tonight I'm doing really well on this uh, Thursday evening that we're recording how are you <laughs> very good very good we are recording indeed uh, Cinco de Mayo. Yes. Revenge of the Sith, or the Revenge of the Fifth, or Revenge of the Sixth. The jury is still out. I see a lot of people tweeting about uh, the choices we make as nerds, uh, whether it's the Revenge of the Fifth or the Sixth. It's, uh, these are some really deep topics that we must Very, <laughs> very, very deep. I prefer Revenge of the Sixth because I think Cinco de Mayo should have its own day, and, and you know, and, and we'll celebrate that, and then and then move on to Revenge of the Sixth. And Cinco de Mayo does have its own day. I don't know how Star yeah. Wars folks got uh, mixed up into the whole Cinco de Mayo thing. That's kind right, of funny. Right. Absolutely. It's hilarious. But uh, yes, thank you for joining me. Um, I uh, uh, We were going to have Brad, but uh, Brad is uh, otherwise indisposed. We miss him tonight, but uh, that uh, that is okay. Um, I wanted to get uh, before we start, I wanted to get uh, some reactions from you. We we haven't done a show together in a long time, and I know mm-hmm. um, we we did one way back, and I forgot what was the topic. It was uh, oh, your test of my memory, which yeah, is not usually I know, good, exactly, especially this <laughs> late. But yeah. uh, nevertheless, we we did a show together, um, all uh, four of us, I think, mm-hmm. or maybe five. No, I think it was all four of us. Um, but, uh, good stuff. I think it was one of our, one of those crossover episodes that we did that, uh, yeah. we did a part one with us and then a part two with you guys. I think you're um, right. And, and that's all I remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was a good time. You know, it always is. So good times, good times. But, uh, before we get into that, you know, I wanted to get your uh, reactions before we started recording. Uh, you had asked me about Moon Knight and, uh, what my reaction was that, uh, on that, Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously I think, you know, we're, uh, Brad and I and, and Shanti, we're going to have a, a moon night special, um, to, uh, really dive deep into that, uh, and that show. It just ended, uh, was it last night? I think it's what yeah. it Thursday yeah. mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, it, it got pretty crazy. Um, but I, I wanted to ask you on a couple of other things, um, our reactions and things like that. Um, as far as star Wars news, as far as geek news, um, so Andor, uh, the Cassian Andor series is, is about to drop. I don't know when they've been working on this thing for a long time. Uh, it's one of the series that I'm really looking forward to probably more so than Kenobi, 
which uh, drops uh, later this month. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Kenobi is a legacy character. Everybody's really excited. But uh, for some reason or another, you know, I'm really um, gung-ho and, and really excited to explore the world of Cassian Andor. We saw him in Rogue One. Uh, another one of my favorite Star Wars movies, uh, right behind The Empire Strikes Back. And um, I, I, I'm seeing a lot of stuff online, and I don't think Cassian Andor is getting uh, too much love. Why do, you, why do you think that is? I think you're and right. What, I mean, and what is your reaction to uh, the anticipation of that show? Well, you know, I, I, I was going to say, as, as you were talking about um, – Andor and, and and why you're very excited about it. And I think that's probably because of how great Rogue One is and um, kind of the promise of that storyline and then that character um, and, and what they explored with Rogue One. So I'm, I've all along been excited about this series. I do think it's overshadowed right now by, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi obviously is taking the spotlight right now. Um, but, you know, I, I think Cassian will have his time. And his time will, will, will arrive and everything. Um, but it's it's encouraging to see that they're talking about multiple seasons already, um, you know, before. And we haven't even seen the, the, the first season yet. So that's got to be a good sign. Um, yeah. I, I have been hearing about like there were initially supposed to be five seasons, but it was shortened to three. I don't know if there's truth to that or not. But still, um, you know, the fact that we're getting multiple seasons is exciting to me. Absolutely. You know, I think five seasons is kind of the industry norm. And um, obviously, you know, we don't want uh, we don't want Star Wars to be watered down. So if they can do, you know, three solid seasons, that Mm -hmm. is always uh, fantastic news. Um, And I just saw a post by Bob Iger, who said that before he left Disney, he watched a, a, a few episodes of the Kenobi series and he was very, very excited for um, the fans to, uh, to dive into that series. But awesome. I have a feeling too, you know, um, when, when a second season or a subsequent season is announced on a show before the first season even airs, I think somebody, um, in the higher upside and said, wow, this is, this is really great. Or at yeah. least that's, that's my hope. Um, so if there is a second season, if they do start shooting a second season now, um, or soon before we even see the first season, I have uh, high hopes that uh, Cass- the Can- Cassian Andor series is going to, you know, knock it uh, knock it out of the park. So I'm I'm very happy for that. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, Ro. I, I'm very excited. Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see maybe a like a a spy thriller type feel um, in the Star Wars universe. You know, with with Cassian and that character and what they could do with kind of that angle on the on the story absolutely you know we see cassian at the beginning of rogue one do some very questionable things he um mm-hmm. had a um, an internal struggle and i think you know that that makes his character very interesting in the star wars world we've never had you know uh, a morally gray character in star wars it's always been black and white good and evil and I think, uh, you know, in order for Star Wars to kind of grow and get beyond its uh, little sandbox, I think they have to introduce something new. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm very excited and uh, hopefully it'll air soon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, maybe late summer we could we could see this. And um, I guess that would be my predict. If I were to predict, that's when I would guess. Right. 
And I know, you know, a lot of people back in the day used to uh, subscribe to HBO and then watch The Sopranos. And then when The Sopranos stopped in between seasons, they would cancel their subscription and then pick it back up. I think Disney has been doing uh, some creative programming when, uh, you know, you show some shows during the, uh, you know, the late winter and um, kind of stagger them back to back. So there's no, you know, there's no subscription lapse. Um, I think it's a smart way of doing it. And uh, hopefully, yeah. you know, hopefully we'll get an announcement soon. Excellent. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, and speaking of magic, Star Wars magic, there is a new six-part ILM series on visual effects called Light and Magic, which uh, always um, brings a warm feeling to my heart because I am a behind-the-scenes guy. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I got into Star Wars is because I love all the work that ILM does. Um, are you interested in visual effects and all the f- uh, fancy uh, behind-the-scenes magic that happens at uh, at ILM? Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm always interested in behind-the-scenes, no, no matter, in, in any form. You know, I'm always going to, like, you know, the documentaries, uh, the makings of, you know, I, I always dig into those special features when I get a physical copy of a, a film, for example, or whatever. Um, and, and I'm diving into those, and I'm definitely excited to to watch this as well and ilm is just incredible yes they are incredible a wonderful bunch of people that uh make the magic for us to enjoy it's a a six-part series on disney plus and uh i was going to start it tonight but uh i might cross the fandom and uh watch that new star trek show so we'll see what happens Hopefully, I yeah. won't get my Star Wars license taken away from me. But um, <laughs> I certainly wouldn't take it away from you. So. <laughs> awesome, awesome. I'm hearing good things. One of the things that uh, happened this week, well, a few things. Uh, we had uh, the second trailer for the uh, uh, Kenobi um, series drop, and uh, everybody has gone hog wild on it. Um, <laughs> we uh, we had the first trailer that dropped, uh, you know, early uh, early on, and then uh, this week we had that second trailer. Uh, we, uh, it, it seems like th- there's a lot of, uh, recycled footage, but there's some new tidbits in there. And, um, d- did you, uh, did you catch that this week? Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, it feels of course more of more like a full trailer ish, um, and expands upon the, f- the first teaser trailer that we got. Um, I don't think it, it doesn't reveal too much, you know, it, it just, like you said, it kind of expands upon some of that um, footage we got in the first teaser and, uh, in, in, in teases Darth Vader a, a little bit more in this one. And we, we actually see the, the suit kind of coming together, which those shots were pretty, pretty cool. I, I think that that stood out to me the most in, in this trailer. Um, and also Owen Lars, you know, kind of oh, yeah. the way that he was talking to Kenobi when, you know, he said, Obi-Wan was saying Luke needs to be trained and he throws out that line like you trained his father oh, or yeah. something to that effect. That was like, oh, 
That was wow. a big that was burn. A burn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so there was some good stuff in this trailer. Didn't again, it didn't blow me away. It didn't reveal too much. It was just kind of yeah. It was I enjoyed it. What about you? Yeah, I'm uh, definitely looking forward to the dynamic between Owen and uh, and uh, and Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we get to see. I guess we get to see why Owen is so grumpy uh, in his older age as we see him in A New Hope and um, why he just kind of wants to, you know, protect Luke. And, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't want Luke, he doesn't want Luke to, to go away and join the Academy and uh, one more season, so a whole nother year. And uh, we're really going to get, you know, some background on that. We're going to get, uh, that's, that's the, the, the cool thing about this, sh- this series is, um, exploring those relationships, exploring the dynamic between the two characters, and uh, I'm I'm very interested in in, in you know seeing that move forward. Um, I do have one complaint. It looks like um, the uh, the Grand Inquisitor might need a new tailor because his clothes seem to be fitting a little on the loose side. His pants were a little yeah. baggy. I don't I don't know. Hopefully, uh, as they say in the industry, hopefully they fix that in post. But everything looks pretty good. Yeah, I mean, if if there's one complaint I've had at all, it's the Grand Inquisitor um, and his appearance and everything. But I, I think maybe once watching it, I'll, I'll kind of get over that and <laughs> and move past that. Yeah, and I'm hoping, you know, I, I'm hoping the story enthralls us enough to really, you know, get past the, the visuals. And I know, mm-hmm. you know, these characters are, are brought in from the animated series and it, it, it can't be easy bringing those characters uh, to life. So, right. uh, you know, Ahsoka was well done. Um, mm-hmm. Albeit there were still complaints about her her – Montrails, her what do you call it? Her Likus, mm-hmm. um, not but being I, long enough. Right. For... <laughs> but um, but I think you know overall, I think they they did a really good job with uh, with Ahsoka and uh, the actress behind uh, behind the mask. I think that's cool. So mm-hmm. uh, we should be uh, we should be. Uh, I'm I'm hoping to be pleasantly surprised. Um, you know, we're getting six episodes of Obi Wan, and I hope they're long ish. You know, yes, yeah, obviously. Same here. Um, because it does seem like, you know, six hours, uh, it's almost like we're getting a whole, I don't know, a whole trilogy of just Obi-Wan Kenobi Mm -hmm. when you, when you kind of do the math, it kind of works out that way. If those individual episodes are close to the, the hour mark, then yeah. Yeah. So Uh, more, more, the better for me. Yeah. And it seems like everything that they've shown in the trailer maybe happens in the very early parts of even just the first or second episode. Um, Mm -hmm. So I really can't wait to see, you know, how it ends. And I know they were already talking about a season two or the possibility of a season two. And I know, you know, people are clamoring that you might as well just just leave it alone and Mm -hmm. and let, let let the story breathe as we as we know it. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm always eager to, uh, to visit legacy characters and, uh, with this actor specifically, um, everybody is just, uh, you know, saying that he, that Ewan McGregor is, it was born to play Obi-Wan. Yeah. This is the one that I've really been waiting for a long time and, and been, you know, anticipating the most probably. So my, my hopes are pretty high for Obi-Wan.
speaking of high hopes, we have Celebration Anaheim coming up soon. And, uh, you know, when when uh, Star Wars Celebration was here in Chicago, I w- it was a blessing. Uh, didn't have to spend a lot of money on lodging and hotel and parking and tickets mm-hmm. and everything that kind of adds up when you're a fan and you have to go to another city to enjoy your fandom. Uh, the fandom came to me in 2019 and uh, yeah. a very big convenience. Um, th- this year, um, I won't be going to Celebration. What about you? I'm not going this year. The one and only time I went was in Chicago, actually, uh-huh. um, a couple years ago. And it was an, ma- an amazing experience. And, you know, Chicago isn't too far of a drive for, for my wife and I. So we, we made the trip and, um, you know, I, I really had a great time but this time i'll be watching from from home <laughs> watching from afar absolutely yes. um and we will be watching from afar but we were we have a uh, a special person that we have implanted and um brought along to uh, to be a correspondent for us uh megan uh who was actually on dork wars last night i was on with dragon buddy uh, on Dork Wars, we were talking about, you know, Star Wars Day. May the Fourth be with you. And uh, Megan surprised us. She was at Disneyland. She was at Batu, and she was walking around um, and just interviewing people. So we're gonna have uh, the same uh, thing that she's gonna be doing for uh, for us here at the Scare of Podcast. She's gonna be our um, correspondent. She's gonna be going out there recording interviews with fans. We're, we'll put them together and then uh, you know release them every so often. Uh, so that should be a lot of fun, and uh, we thank Megan for uh, being open to that. It's going to be really cool. Yeah, I'll be looking forward to seeing that for sure. Our main topic, um, we uh, I, I think we've talked about doing this topic for a while with uh, with different people. Um, for for whatever reason, you know, fate has decided to land this topic with you. Um, I think originally we had planned to do this with Cam. Mm-hmm. Um, Cam got really busy. He's uh, doing some fantastic uh, stuff and 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 some work out there. Uh, but I did want to talk about this before I forgot about this topic because um, I find it real interesting. And then Brad and I had the discussion about um, the savior complex in some characters that we uh, enjoy in the fandom. Um, and not only, you know, not only Star Wars, obviously, there is a, a thread of common uh, narratives that that kind of, you know, uh, pull these stories together. Um, whether it is Luke Skywalker, who is the chosen one, or a character like uh, Kal-El, Superman, who comes down to Earth from another planet to save humanity in some way. Um, the savior complex. Uh, why, do we, uh, why do you think it is that we single out these characters for this particular aspect of their, uh, of their stories? And obviously in relation to us – as as humans um or why why is it that we embed the savior complex on these characters what does that say about us um you know i i think that whether consciously or subconsciously we we kind of realize that we 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 need a savior you know we we need a hero um that 
we need somebody to look up to that can do these heroic things because sometimes in our lives we want to be that hero we we want to be doing these heroic things we want to be um you know harry potter facing down voldemort or um neo facing down the machines and the matrix you know whatever the case may be um but we don't really have that opportunity in in normal everyday living to be a hero on that grand scale so i i think we kind of live vicariously through these characters while also realizing that need we have for a hero for a savior because we just kind of fall short i think you know yeah and um i want to ask you later on um as we get into our conversation there is a lot of uh commonalities with uh with the the savior in the characters that we love as geeks in movies and fiction and um and religious aspects as well um i uh I find that interesting. Um, and you said you said um, earlier that there seems to be a need for us to be to want to be saved, and we create these characters to 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 fill that role. Um, why do you think that the primordial need to be saved exists in our psyche? Um, well, you know, I get coming from a Christian perspective, you know, because I am a Christian believer. Um, so of, of course I'm going to buy into what the Bible has to say about our, our need to be saved and, and that we are kind of born into this original sin. Um, that's kind of our human nature and that, you know, we, one of the ways that we can get through life's problems is actually to be able to admit that we have this issue, you know, that we might have a problem that we need help with, um, that, that there's some, we, we, it can't be done just within our own power that, um, we need others or we need, um, a, a God even, um, to, to help us through those things, you know? Yeah, that is very interesting. You said, uh, you know, we, we are obviously, you know, sitting here in, in, in a hotel room and realizing that there's a bigger world around us. We are part of something bigger, yet we we share these uh, this very intimate concept of of being saved uh, all across the globe, and I find that interesting. Um, you know, obviously we mentioned religion, uh, but we do have these characters that <clears throat> excuse me that you know come down uh, from the sky and uh, save us. They are either the chosen one, they are alien life forms, they are. Uh, you know, stronger than us uh, and are benevolent enough to show us the way to some degree. And I find that uh, I find that fascinating, um, especially because it's kind of a global theme. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's one of those and, universal themes. Exactly. You know? And whether it's, you know, whether it's fiction and movies and literature or that religious aspect, um, you know, you've got, uh, you know, religious, uh, you know, characters like Jesus and Muhammad and, and the Buddha and, and, you know, it's, they're all, they're all kind of structured to be the chosen one to, to some degree. And I, I just find that, uh, I find that fascinating. Um, what other, uh, magical properties, um, uh, let's, uh, get back to this this topic i wanted to ask you um what does that teach us to be like or is it is it just a construct that we introduce into our lives that allow us to 
uh, like you said, allow us to admit that we need some sort of saving? Or can it be used as a teaching tool to say, yes, we need saving, but we can do it ourselves? Or is that, or, and I know that that kind of goes against the Christian aspect of, of belief. Um, mm-hmm. We can't do it ourselves, and there, therefore, th- there's a reason that somebody came down to do it for us. We have to admit it. But how does that impact the story of the Savior or the Chosen One in fiction versus the one in, in religion? Well, I, I think even even when we look at religion, we we see even the you know the Christ figure, of course. Um, came to live as a man. Um, and so we can identify with that, you know, and, and you talked about, even though this, it's this larger, bigger idea, it's also very intimate because we have to be able to relate. Um, so I, I think we do that a lot with these characters and stories. We want to, we want it to be somebody that we can relate to and have that intimate type of relationship with, but also somebody who can be this big ginormous hero at the same time. And, and even though we need somebody to save us in, in Christianity, we need Jesus as a savior. We also have to try to then live like him. You know, we, we have to do our best to try to, even though we fall short, um, to try to live in that way and live the way that he showed us to live, just like with these characters and movies and, and TV shows and these stories about the chosen one. Um, you know, it shows us the, the ways to be selfless, ways to be heroic, um, ways to have strong character, I think. Yeah, I think you hit it on the nose there. Um, you know, sometimes these characters sacrifice their own happiness to save others. And you mentioned the word selfless. I, I have in the notes, we talk about, you know, selfless acts versus selfish acts. You know, they they sacrifice their own happiness, like I said, to save others. It's uh, it's say it's the same across all all aspects, uh, you know, whether it's fiction or religion. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, some people listening to this might, you know, might roll their eyes and say, "Well, religion is fiction, and vice versa." But there are certain, sure. you know, obviously, there's uh, certain ideologies that, uh, for the purposes of this podcast, we will separate the two um, because we're examining. I guess the uh, the similarities here. Um, Luke Skywalker is the chosen one. He is the one that is uh, revered. Um, you know, not unlike uh, the chosen one in religion. You know, it's uh, and you know to to take it even one step closer, we have uh, you know Anakin who was born um, almost immaculate conception, like uh, very mm-hmm. similar to. And you know, we obviously know the. Uh, the uh, borrowings of uh, religion and anthropology uh, that George Lucas used to kind of uh, construct these fables. There's a lot of crossover there. Um, what do you think about that in, in specific, uh, how George Lucas used uh, these stories of, of mankind to kind of prop up his fables? You know, I, I think when he is able to tap into, like we talked about earlier, these these kind of archetypes, these uh, universal themes, but also archetypes, religion, all these things that like um, are universal that we can all relate to. And and I think it's those types of stories that can stand the test of time, you know, um, just like kind of 
with how they approached the Mandalorian, you know, um, they, they stuck to these like Western tropes or these certain universal ways of telling stories. Um, and, and I think that's part of the reason, whether we realize it or not, why it was so successful. Um, so I, I think to be able to tap into that is, is, is very wise. Um, but also you mentioned Anna, Anakin Skywalker, and I think his character is really interesting because he's supposed to be the chosen one. You know, there's the, the prophecy is supposed to be about him, but it shows what can happen when greed takes over, when fear takes over and, and, and what fear can lead to um, when it when it comes to straying from your path. You know, um, so we get to kind of see the the dark side of of being a chosen one. And then and then we get to see with Luke the choices he makes and how those differ from Anakin's choices. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think George Lucas really tapped into something like you said, and it's probably one of the biggest reasons that Star Wars and, you know, tales like this kind of uh, stand the test of time. We uh, have been talking about, you know, Star Wars as a fable for decades and uh, there's no uh, there's no sign of slowing down. You know, you mentioned um, a sort of redemption. And I think, uh, you know, the next step after the chosen one comes down and saves us or tries to um, from both a fictional aspect and a religious aspect, you know, we have uh, the next step, which is redemption. Once we realize that uh, we need saving you know, what do we do um, on our part? Uh, you know, in the example of Luke Skywalker, he's the one that decides to pay attention to his the, to the good that his father still has in him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he chooses to, uh, you know, lay down his weapons and, and fight for that good. Um, you know, although, you know, Anakin as Darth Vader did some horrible things, he did some terrible things. Uh, Skywalker still sensed that uh, that good in him. Um, and again, you know, I just, I cannot help but to think how close Lucas, uh, you know, was to, um, you know, biblical stories when it comes to redemption. You know, we, uh, you talked about, uh, us, you know, recognizing the bad in our, in us, the sin and, uh, no matter, uh, no matter how bad we we have behaved in the past, there's always there's always a light at the end of the tunnel, um, and um, I, I just find it fascinating that George Lucas just kind of uh, tapped into that to to create these stories. Yeah, absolutely, and and I th- I think what we kind of cling to in these stories um, is hope. You know, I, I think. Um, when we see redemption happen for some a character like Darth Vader, and and even that character can can be redeemed um, in the end, um, then that gives us hope that even though we mess up and make mistakes and do some of the same things over and over again that we don't want to do, um, that there's that hope for redemption in the end. All right, time for the big thank yous, podcast family, to those of you that support the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. 
Team Scarif gives you all a heartfelt thank you, wonderful people who have found it in their hearts to support our show. We're super lucky to have you. Folks like Amanda, Jedi Caligula 89, Joey Rosales, What Up Joey, The Salty Crew at the Salty Nerd Podcast, Alex and Matt, super fan of many of the Red 5 Network pods, Nicholas Schaefer, follow him at Backyard Tardis. What's up, Nick? Our Star Wars celebration friend, Chad at Hyperspace and Holocrons. Jay from Florida, our other Floridians, Frank, at the garrison level. Big thanks. And looking at you, Steve, from Rogue One Radio. Check out that Red 5 pod for movies, music, TV, and more. And certainly not least, our executor level patrons, 97 Bravo and the Conversions Podcast. And Scott and Kim from the Used and Abused Podcast. Big thank you, Red Fivers. Go give them a follow. And our newest garrison-level patron, Melanie Marquita. Big hugs to you, my friend. Huge respect to all our patrons for your support. And if you want to become more involved in the Scarif Scuttlebutt community and feel like becoming a patron, head over to patreon.com slash scuttlebutt. Remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. And don't forget, it's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. has always been a word that is used to describe, uh, you know, the first, uh, the first star war, uh, per se. And, um, it'll continue. I think, uh, you know, George Lucas, you know, we we'll always talk about how, why George Lucas created star Wars is to give young people a new, um, new feeling of hope. Uh, during the late sixties, there was a lot happening in, in history in the United States. You know, we had the Vietnam war, we had the civil rights movement. Um, we had a lot of stuff that, uh, was basically tearing the country apart and, uh, star Wars was created to kind of give young people hope again. Mm -hmm. Um, I, uh, you know, I think it's, uh, I think it's a very valuable teaching tool. Um, you know, it's a movie about laser swords, but there's a lot going on there in the subtext to uh, to really reflect on, um, and not just about hope and redemption and being the chosen one. There's just so much about uh, relationships with uh, with others, people that are different, um, just all that stuff that George wanted to kind of uh, use uh, to say, "Hey, young people, uh, stop and smell the roses," and uh, you know talk to your uh, to, to your neighbor um it's it's mm -hmm. really really cool yeah yeah there's so many um just wonderful themes that go throughout the the star wars trilogy and um another one that i thought of as you were talking there was um just the, kind of this with the force itself you know is almost uh, a religion within that story and the idea of, of faith you know and and, and just having faith in the, in the, in the force in this particular story. Um, and, and by belief, you're able to do these incredible things by connecting with this larger force that exists in the universe, you know? Um, so I think that's another one of those things that, that stands out to me. And, and anytime like that the force is talked about, and I think this is why I love the empire strikes back so much, those conversations between Yoda and, and Luke on Dagobah, 
and about the force itself. And I, I think there's just something really magical and special about those, those moments. Absolutely. Uh, totally agree. Um, but then you got the midichlorians. Then he just threw that right out the window. Right. (laughs) But um, we'll let it slide. (laughs) Sure, we will. It's George, you know. We start talking about the savior complex in, uh, in, in, in our geek culture, in the movies that we love to enjoy. Um, and, you know, there's obvious uh, religious parallels to the stories that we know from um, our, you know, uh, our religions throughout the world. Um, I just find it fascinating. I love that, uh, you know, not only George Lucas, but other storytellers that use, you know, these old stories, these themes of, of redemption and, and, and the chosen one. Um, it shows us, you know, if anything, it shows us that, uh, that we are connected, whether we want to be or not, we are connected. Uh, one single thread kind of, uh, goes through, uh, all of our souls to some degree, um, not to get super deep, but uh, we are connected, made of the same stardust uh, that we uh, see up in the sky. And, um, you know, again, again I just I, I find that fascinating. Um, you know, we uh, we sit here with uh, a camera in our face and our microphones and we have this uh, this avenue to to be able to talk to people Um most sometimes mostly strangers but uh you know whether you uh know a person for 10 minutes or just met them um there is that connection and uh Mm -hmm. i think uh the topic of the chosen one and the savior complex in uh movie characters um is uh, is a fascinating one any uh any final thoughts on the savior complex or the chosen one yeah it was just um i guess one final thought is you, you know you're talking about how we're all connected in that way and i think the, the magic of movies um can be especially with that theatrical experience but also, even just with uh, even on streaming, when we're all we have this community experience with these stories, you know, um, we can connect through movies and through TV shows, have these conversations w- with people maybe we normally wouldn't. Um, and I, th- I think it's pretty special the way that movies can connect us and the way that these stories can can connect people. And um, yeah, I just uh, and. I think it comes down to some of these universal themes and, and stories like the savior and the chosen one. I think stories really connect us, um, whether it's uh, the written word in a book or, you know, a, a movie, a radio drama, but the language of cinema is, is there. Um, and it's, uh, and it's universal, but I think, you know, even deeper down than that is the stories that, uh, that are being told. Um, and I, I find that fascinating and I think it's something that we should cling to. I think it's something that, uh, that really, um, to me, it, it, it does give me hope and it gives me, uh, it recharges me when I sit and contemplate on the, the, uh, you know, the reasons of why we're here. It's just, uh, mm-hmm. so many stories, so many stories to kind of, uh, uh, absorb and, uh, really think about, uh, you know, what stories can we tell through the actions that we live and the people that we meet? Um, 
so yeah, I'm, I'm loving that. Yeah, very well said. I, I could not have said it better. Awesome, my friend. Let's um, let's go down the board here, and uh, you know we uh, we got we really got into some religious aspects of of uh, the savior complex. And before we leave, I want to tell folks. I want you to tell folks where folks can find you. I know besides um, the um, the uh, Star Wars podcast, you have other projects, and I would love to hear. Uh, you tell the uh, listeners of, of uh, Scare Scuttle about where, what you're doing and where to find you. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, like you mentioned, I'm, I'm one half of the From a Certain Point of View podcast with my buddy Adam. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at JediJarJar1722. Um, but I, uh, on YouTube, my channel is called Live God's Truth. And what I'm really trying to tap into is how do we address... Um, some of these every everyday problems we come into these everyday issues that come up um, you know whether it's politics or current events things that happen and and how do we take a scriptural approach to those things Um, so that's the idea of of instead of you know living my truth living God's truth is the idea and um, if you buy into that you know if, if you're a it's definitely for people that are of the Christian belief um so that's live god's truth on on youtube awesome excellent stuff and um you mentioned uh the podcast you did say uh where to find you guys you guys are on twitter and uh everywhere else uh people get their podcasts certain pov pod excellent excellent and um as far as the scarif podcast obviously you can find us uh same places we're on twitter we're on all the socials at scarif podcast but um, thank you guys for joining us tonight. Uh, Josh, thank you so much for uh, your input and your conversation. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, anytime. If, uh, if you are listening to this for the, for the first time, thank you very much for finding us. If you are a tried and true member of the Scarif Scuttlebutt Nation, as I call it, I think I'm going to coin that uh, term. That sounds pretty, pretty yeah, massive. Pretty yeah. <laughs> um, but no, if you have thoughts on this episode or this topic, please send us an email at scarifscuttlebutt at gmail.com. Um, or if you want to leave us a voicemail, we would love to hear what you have to say on this topic, the Savior Complex the chosen one aspect of our characters or any other topics that you guys might want us to tackle. You can leave us a voicemail at 773-234-8659. Operators are standing by. Give us a call. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Josh, once again, thank you so much for joining me. This is Ro from the Scare Scuttlebutt podcast. See you guys out there. And that's the Scuttlebutt. I did a little Christopher walk in there. (laughs) Awesome. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Just wanted to remind you all, we can be found wherever you find your other favorite shows. iTunes, Pandora, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Podchaser, Backtracks FM, Podtail, Owltail, Google Podcast, and of course, our own Red5Network.com to name a few. 
And don't forget to drop us a voicemail at 773-234-8659, our Scuttlebutt hotline. We want to hear what's on your mind. Your call is very important to us. Let us know what you think of the show, what future topics we should tackle, or just to say, hello there. Please hold. listener just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the red five network family red five network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love so the next time you're itching for quality content make sure you head over to red five network.com you'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more all wings report in it's the red five network <laughs>